Hello and welcome back to Fireside. So today is an episode, I don't actually know what I'm calling it yet, but it's around commitment and it's around starting and it's around finishing and it's around getting stuff done, which is exactly what the question that prompted this um, says. It was actually quite emphatic and quite sad that um, this person, who's called Elle, said that just getting stuff done with a sad face, colon bracket, and she said, I am a huge, or I should say they said, I am a huge procrastinator and I have something I really want to work towards. I find it really challenging to actually get started. And then I also find it really challenging to keep going when the initial excitement wears off. I run out of steam and then just end up giving up, but I really don't want the same thing to to happen here. And just a very plaintive help. Um, so today I have two types of answers. So I'm going to obviously talk you through an answer in a moment, but first I have a thing that is designed to be an answer to this kind of problem. So from what people have been saying to me in terms of in things like surveys and these um, podcast questions, having an idea isn't the problem. It's following through on that idea that is the problem. So out there in notebooks and open tabs are strewn a mass of unfulfilled projects that are weighing you down. And so I have created an offering called Finish With Confidence, something that isn't a distraction from the work, but that can give you a structure, some accountability and personal support to not just finish the project, but feel really good about it and establish a finishing habit. So the link is in the show notes if you'd like to check out Finish With Confidence. It launches today. There are limited places available because part of the program is that um, I'll be responding to your personal struggles via email each week and obviously there's a limited number of people that I can do that for Um, but we start on October the 9th because that then gives us 10 weeks to get your project finished before Christmas and that just felt like a really nice thing to aim for so like I said the link's in the show notes you can go and have a look at finish with confidence and now I will go back to answering Elle's question. So I was thinking about this and I think that a question about starting is really a question about finishing because the fear of finishing is what stops us from starting. Um, And you may be thinking, no, that's not what it is. (laughs) It's because I don't know what to do or it's um, because I don't have the time But actually, those are all things that can be overcome. But you can do it in half an hour or fortnight. It will take you longer, but you can find the scraps of time to do it. And if you think you don't know what to do, 
you would know something that you could do tomorrow in half an hour that would take you a little bit closer and then after that you'd know something you could do in half an hour the next day so there's actually always a response to those pretend fears of why you're not starting but actually it's quite often that fear of what happens afterwards that once it's all done and we're not distracted by the doing of the work anymore and we've just got to put it out there the fear of what happens then is what's actually stopping us from really getting going so a way in with this is to acknowledge and sort of accept and look for the ways in which that is true for you that it's the fear of the afterwards which is stopping you from getting going and really try to pinpoint what that fear is of specifically so for me the fear is always disappointment I it's something that I found that I really struggle with is the idea that I might be disappointed by an outcome or it won't go the way that I wanted or that I guess that's it the way it won't go the way I wanted but also that the way that I want is maybe unrealistic and that there's the only thing I can get out of something is disappointment that that's what really stops me from doing stuff that's my fear of finishing and so that's very often why I do generally tend to start things but it's often why things start to lag start to fall off um, start to kind of become a someday thing that I'm definitely going to do but never actually do because I'm trying to put off and avoid that sense of disappointment if I don't do it then I can't be disappointed by the outcome but obviously I just get a different kind of disappointment which is the disappointment of not doing it so it's really not an answer that my brain has come up with there and that's really the thing then once you become aware of very specifically what your fear is that you think is going to happen or that you're trying to avoid on the other side of finishing you can start to rationalise with it. And when you can start to rationalise with it, you do really take away a lot of the power of that fear. It becomes something that you can really start to look down the barrel of. So for me, I've got that two-parted thing of, well, if I'm afraid of disappointment, either way I'm going to be disappointed. So why don't I have the potential disappointment of it not going the way I wanted, as opposed to the guaranteed disappointment of not doing it, not going after my dreams, not not trying to make it work. And then I also have the other thing, which is once I know that this big scary thing that I'm feeling all this resistance around is just disappointment, that's something I can actually cope with. That's something I have within me and I can prepare myself for it while I'm doing it and it just becomes easier to navigate to start and to continue 
when I know what that fear is and I can just acknowledge it there in the corner, oh yeah, that's the fear of disappointment. It might come true, but if it does, I'll survive. And if it doesn't, all the better. Just took a sip of tea. I should probably have said that before I went silent for a moment. Um, So that's the starting piece. It's getting very specific on what that fear of finishing might be and getting to know it, rationalising it, accepting it and looking down it. The next thing I was thinking of from Elle's question is that if you believe you have a procrastination problem, then you will have a procrastination problem. And I don't mean this in a oh, it's all self-fulfilling way. I mean, if you treat something as a problem, it will be a problem. It doesn't matter what it is. If you consider that something is a problem to you, then you will start to have that kind of bodily reaction to it. You'll start getting resistance around it and you'll mentally be building up all these stories and beliefs about why you can't do something because you have this problem. And so I used to think that I had a procrastination problem. I used to think that I was lazy, that I didn't have it what it took, that I, or, you know, all these people who are actually doing the work and they're just sitting down at a desk every day and they're just firing it straight off and I just have to sit here and spin around on my chair for an hour and fiddle around on my phone and open tabs and things like that and I was really treating this as a problem that was stopping me from doing what I wanted and the thing is because I was starting my day in this thinking oh I'm a problem I'm not gonna be able to do the things I need to do today I spent so much energy worrying about not doing the things I was going to do that I didn't do the things I was going to do and I just give up because I think well I've done, spent too long procrastinating, the day is lost. And actually, what I started to realise was, I need a bit of time to warm up to the day. I need some time to land at the work. I need some time to just settle in and let my kind of body and mind shimmy out some of that resistance. And after that, I can work really well. If I try to sit down at my desk and immediately start pouring out some sort of blog post or podcast or whatever it is, I write a line and then I fiddle around with something and then I write another line and I get really frustrated. Whereas actually, once I started accepting that I need to have some time to procrastinate before I start work, that's part of my process that's part of the sort of finessing that it was fine I stopped I stopped beating myself up about it it wasn't a problem anymore I just had my little procrastination window and then when I was ready I'd start writing and I'd be so much more easily in flow for having that time to fiddle around on my phone and whatever else and it wasn't a problem and in fact my kind of productivity improved after that the type of work I was doing improved after that 
because I wasn't giving myself a problem to deal with every day. I was just allowing it to happen as part of my process. So that's something to think about is what else is this procrastination? If it's not a problem, what else can it be? Is it part of that kind of brain flossing in the morning? Is it a way to sort of really focus in for you? Is it is it a call from your brain for rest during the middle of the day that you can just give it without guilt and then go back to it? So that's something to investigate and to reframe what that relationship with that procrastination is and see what it could be doing for you. And what Elle says in her note is about, I really don't want the same thing to happen here in terms of just giving up. And in the nicest possible way, if you really don't want the same thing to happen here, don't let it. That can only come from you. That it simply has to be more important than your discomfort. And I think I certainly do have a real resistance to discomfort and read discomfort in my work as a sign of something bad. Um, And coming to an acceptance of you're going to feel a bit uncomfortable because this is meaningful and what this work is is choosing to sit in the discomfort to get to the meaningful thing and you have to not let yourself give up this time and believe you've got the power to do that you really do So, that may sound maybe slightly (laughs) wishy-washy. Believe you have the power to do it. But that's so much easier said than done, I know. And very often, the belief is the thing that has to come last. The belief is the thing that comes when you've already done it. Um which makes sense because you didn't have a reason to believe before and now you've done it and so you did. So you do have to act as if a little bit and treat it like an experiment of, yeah, I don't believe this is going to happen, but I'm going to test it to prove myself wrong or right. And I'm going to do a proper experiment. I'm not going to be biased towards my own hypothesis that I don't have it in me to do this. I'm just going to see what happens if I try my very best. And if you try your very best, your hypothesis will be proved wrong. But how are you going to structure that? How are you going to kind of get in and um, approach this kind of starting, continuing and finishing your project. So there's a couple of things. The first thing is structure and sometimes I feel loathe to talk about structure because structure is one of those things that we very much have always thought we had to have because of 
things from schooling. You know, in school, we had to have a very specific set structure that was made for us and that was the right thing to do. And then as we go out into the world of work, we once again have a way that things are done. And in the self-employment world, there are approximately 5 billion templates that you can download and courses and things of people telling you what the fail-safe structure to do things in is. And those things are all very enticing because if the secret is just this one specific structure, then that's perfect. No thinking, no struggle, just follow the structure and it will get done for you. Um, And that doesn't work. That's the reason why there are 5 billion templates out there, is because there isn't one structure that works for everyone. And I think that we lose a lot of time and energy and, you know, attention that we could be spending on doing our work on finding the right structure or trying to squeeze yourself into a structure that doesn't work for you. So when I say structure, I'm not saying, I'm not referring to a one structure to rule them all. I'm referring to finding the structure that helps you get things done. And that can be very, very loose or it can be very, very tight. But there does have to be one. Because if you don't have a structure, then you are just doing stuff towards some sort of aim. And there's just, there's, it's hard, I'd go so far as to say impossible, to build momentum in a direction towards a goal without structure. But a structure can be, this is my end point and when I want to achieve it by... And this is a list of the things that need to happen. And that can be it. I mean, ideally, you'd have when you wanted those things to happen. But if you are somebody who is very allergic to structure, then that is enough. But you do need to have that because otherwise, what are you basing anything you're doing on? (laughs) Or on the other end of the spectrum... Maybe you're somebody who needs a really tight structure to get done and maybe that makes you feel safe and like everything is under control. So you can time block things. You can do an intricate spreadsheet with everything that's going to happen in what order and at what time and all that kind of thing. But what I will say is that this can become something you do to make you feel like you're doing the project without doing the project. So I would like, if you're thinking about your structure, to really keep it more focused on the very basic stuff you need to know. Because it doesn't matter how many colours are in your spreadsheet, that's not actually going to help you that much. So keep it very tightly on simple and small actions. This is the place where most people go wrong because they'll put an action as something like write the emails for the launch 
And then you come to write the emails for the launch and there's actually five emails to write and that's probably going to take you three times as long as you thought it would. And then that's when panic sets in. That's when things start to drop off. So really break down into very small actions. And when I say a small action, I like to think of it as something like, what could you do in an hour tomorrow? Something that will take an hour, but that you have enough kind of background on that you could do it tomorrow and you don't need to do five other steps first before you do that step. So that's the kind of breaking down that we want and we want to know the time that we're going to be doing it in and we're going to be really realistic about that because the worst thing you can do is say oh yeah I'm going to get it all done in four weeks and then it gets to three weeks and you always knew it was going to take you three months, but you just said four weeks because you were panicking and you wanted to get it done first. Because that means you're never going to get it done. Because it all stops making sense, you stop seeing a point, and it drops off. So make sure your timelines are realistic for what you can actually do, what you actually have capacity for. Do the really small steps, really small actions. Don't think ahead too much. Don't think about step six when you've not yet done step one. And keep it small, simple structure. The other thing you need is accountability. And that's because you've been trying to do this on your own and it hasn't worked. And that's not anything bad about you. I mean, most things I can't do on my own either. Um, You need some sort of accountability to make you do it because you've not been able to make yourself do it on your own so far. And so an accountability is something that can even be as simple as an external deadline. Perhaps you want to submit something to a competition and that has a closing date, so you have to do it by then that's an easy piece of accountability. Maybe you need to have a friend check in on you to make sure you're doing the thing you said you were going to do. Maybe you need to put it on the internet. Maybe you need to put it on an Instagram post that you want to do this thing by this date. And if you're really brave, you could even put it on sale if it's something you're going to sell. And that means you're going to have to do it. So think about what kind of accountability you need because some people, they love that tough love, they need that kind of push and maybe a little bit of guilt in order to thrive and really do it. For other people, that is hell. That will make them really resist um, or even rebel and so they perhaps need something a little bit more gentle, a little bit softer of an accountability that's enough to make them do it but not enough to make them rebel against it or resist it. So don't think of accountability as having to be one thing or another thing. Think about what you need to make you do something and then find a way for that to happen. And another thing is replenish the excitement and this is something very specifically that Elle said in her note that 
She finds it really challenging to keep going when the initial excitement wears off. And, like, yeah, (laughs) of course, we all do. That's just, everything is hard to carry on when the initial excitement wears off. You know, we see it in relationships and in friendships and in meals, you know. You start eating a really greasy burger and it feels really exciting and then you get two-thirds of the way through and it doesn't feel like such a good idea anymore. Um, So this isn't something that is to kind of get hung up about or self punish yourself around because it's very much human nature and this is something to treat in a very fun way just how can you keep it exciting and I think sometimes we forget that we're allowed to do that we forget that it's allowed to be fun just because it's work and a project doesn't mean you can't have a bit of fun if you're not enjoying it, literally, what is the point? So really think about ways that you can bring the excitement back into the project when you feel you're starting to flag. And that can be something as simple as changing the location you're working in. So sometimes I will go through a phase of working in bed or go to a cafe or something like that just to kind of mix up that location and inject a bit of novelty into how I'm working on the thing. Maybe you want to set yourself up a little treat or reward system that once you get a certain amount of things done you get something nice like a nice cup of tea or a little treat or a walk or just even something small like that. Perhaps you gamify it. Perhaps having something the way you can be really ticking stuff off and um, maybe racing yourself to a word count or something like that. Maybe that's a way that would be kind of exciting or fun for you. Maybe it's just in creating an ambience. Maybe that's what can feel exciting or if not exciting, feel nice um, because it's allowed to feel nice. And that will help you refocus. It will help you be full of enjoyment when you're doing it. And when you're focused and you're enjoying something, you're more likely to keep doing it. So they're my kind of key, key tips to get started on getting finished, really. Um, There's probably more nuance to that. Like I think once you've got a structure, you need to treat it as having a trial period. So once you've sorted out your structure, you work to it as to your best of your abilities for a few weeks and then you review it and you see what's not working and you make some little tweaks and then you continue to do that. Maybe it's incorporating some things like artist dates to keep that inspiration, that motivation going. You can do that as well. Um, but the very basic, basic things are set yourself a structure get yourself some accountability in some form, the form that will work best for you and allow yourself 
to have fun with what you're doing and keep replenishing the excitement because that is very important. It's not just a nice thing that you're doing for yourself that's also optional. Like, you're literally not going to do this if it's not exciting. So it is mission critical that you replenish that excitement and think about it in that way. So if that is feeling like a helpful approach and has maybe cut through some stuff and noise for you and you feel like you're ready to recommit to a project of yours, this sort of framework that I've been talking about is exactly what we do in Finish With Confidence. Um, Every week you'll get an email with ways to structure, ways to get accountability, ways to um, get more enjoyment, ways to motivate yourself. All these different things will be just landing in your inbox. All you have to do is read them and do the work. I'll also be doing weekly email check-ins with you so you can just reply to that email with how you're feeling, what's going wrong or what's going well and I will respond with some you know just completely personal advice and some things to think about and to restructure that you can keep going. So that accountability is really inbuilt with Finish With Confidence. So I just really love to be your guide through this process to make sure that thing that you want to do really happens. It was specifically made to be a bubble that helps you to build momentum and make tangible progress and that doesn't have somewhere you need to log in and a community and extra work to do as you're doing it. It's just me and you in your inbox getting things done. So the link for that is in the show notes or you can find it at simpleandseason.com forward slash finish with confidence and I will otherwise see you next week. We're on a blog post omnibus next week so that'll be exciting. Um, So I'll see you next week and I hope you have a really great week in between.